0: Welcome back to our study of the Beatitudes, we are in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6 today, this is the fourth of the Beatitudes, and in verse 6, Jesus says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Now, when he uses this language of hunger and thirst, of course, he's talking mainly about a desire, a longing, even a a craving, we could almost say. And so uh, he's talking about those who desire, who long for righteousness. Now, what kind of righteousness is he talking about? The Bible talks sometimes about Uh, being declared righteous. This is the language of justification. We see this especially in um, Romans and Galatians, where Paul talks about being declared righteous or counted righteous by God. This includes the forgiveness of our sins and then being counted righteous in Christ, receiving the righteousness of Christ. And so he could be talking about that. Or is he talking about practical righteousness, the the pursuit of holiness, in other words, the, the desire to do what is right, to do what is pleasing to God? These two ideas are distinct, but they are not separate. In the Bible, those who have been declared righteous, who've had their sins forgiven, who've been saved, in other words, are the same people who are going to live righteous lives. Not perfectly, of course, but those who have their sins forgiven and been filled with the Spirit are the people who are gonna manifest the fruit of the Spirit and who by the power of the Spirit are going to uh, walk in love, which is the fulfillment of the law and, and things like that. But here, can we nail down which of these Jesus is talking about? The aspect of being declared righteous would seem to fit with the progression that that we've seen here so far. Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who have recognized their spiritual bankruptcy, recognized their sinfulness, their need for forgiveness and uh, reconciliation with God. Blessed are those who mourn right? because they recognize their sin, they recognize their uh, need for forgiveness. Uh, Mourning is connected to Uh, repentance in a sense so blessed are those who recognize their spiritual bankruptcy who mourn over their sin and blessed are the meek those who've been humbled before God and who have a humble attitude towards others because once again they recognize their sinfulness they're not proud they're not strutting because they know that they're sinners just like everyone else and that every good thing they have from God is a gift is an act of grace because God doesn't owe them those things And so it could be that at this point, Jesus would be describing uh, those who, along with their mourning, right, and their meekness, they are desiring, hungering to be counted righteous in God's sight, to be made right with God, to be justified. But most of the scholars uh, that I looked at about this passage say that's not what uh, Jesus is saying here, though that's certainly true, a true concept elsewhere in scripture, and it would fit uh, with some of the things Jesus is talking about here. But it's not what he has in mind here. And uh, One of the reasons why um, at least one of them says that is that that's not the way righteousness, the word righteousness is used uh, in the Gospel of Matthew. Now, um, I don't know that we can rule it out completely as a possibility that Jesus has that in mind here, but it's certainly not the most obvious meaning of what Jesus is saying here. The plainest meaning, the most obvious meaning, the meaning that has the most support is that Jesus is talking about those who hunger and thirst for practical righteousness. In other words, they want to do what is right. They want to do what is pleasing to God. They want to honor him with their actions and we can tell that jesus has this in mind because of the context remember the context of the verses the paragraphs the chapters around whatever we're studying that's the context and the context is the one of the main tools we have to help us understand the particular word or verse or paragraph or chapter or whatever that we happen to be looking at so the context of this verse indicates jesus has mainly in mind uh, righteousness meaning practical righteousness doing what is right so for example in verse 10 which is the last of the beatitudes he says blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness's sake in other words Blessed are those who are persecuted because they're doing the right thing, the right thing as uh, determined by God, by God's word, what God says is right. Um, They're being persecuted because they're doing what is righteous. And then just a little bit later, in verse 16, Jesus says in a verse that's familiar to most of us, he says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven good works there is another way of talking about doing what is righteous doing what is right so in the context jesus has in mind and really the rest of most of the rest of matthew chapter 5 is about what righteousness really looks like um not just you know not committing adultery but also not lusting right not just um, you know, not committing murder, but also uh, dealing with sinful anger and, and things like that. So he's painting a picture of real practical righteousness in the rest of the chapter, and he's saying we're going to be, uh, many are going to be persecuted, at least some are going to be persecuted for doing the right thing. We're supposed to do the right thing so others will see it and give glory. To our Father who is in heaven, and so on. So that seems to be, along with you know, uh, as, as the scholars were saying, that seems to be the main meaning um, of what Jesus is saying here in this beatitude. That uh, we're talking about people who long to do what is right, to do what pleases God. One of those scholars that I looked at put it really well. He's a great Bible teacher, able to make things uh, very simple and very clear. A guy named D.A. Carson, and here's what he said The people, or excuse me, these people hunger and thirst not only that they may be righteous, that is, do what is right but that justice may be done everywhere. Justice and righteousness um, in the Bible mean uh, more or less the same thing. The word translated um, righteous can also be translated um, sometimes justice, depending on how it's used. So they're not only wanting to be righteous themselves, he says, but that justice may be done everywhere. All unrighteousness makes them homesick for the new heaven and new earth. And when I read that, what it made me think of was just one chapter after this, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus gives us what we call the Lord's Prayer, and one of the petitions in the Lord's Prayer is, uh, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, we want everybody to do what is right. We want everybody to do what is righteous. We want everyone to be doing God's will that's something that we are praying for right if we're praying the lord's prayer so um, that's what jesus has in mind the- the people these are and again remember we're talking about one kind of person all through these beatitudes the person who's poor in spirit is the person who mourns is the person who's meek is the person who hungers and thirsts for righteousness so those who've recognized their spiritual bankruptcy they're not content with being spiritually bankrupt they want to do what's right they want to do what pleases god those who've mourned their sinfulness and their brokenness they don't want to stay there they want to become righteous. They want to do the things that please God. So um, that's what Jesus is talking about here. And the next question is, when and how is that desire, that longing, going to be satisfied? Because he says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Now, we've also seen that this is not only talking about one kind of person, but it's ultimately talking about one blessing, one reward, and that is inheriting the kingdom of God. That's how the first and the last beatitude end, and that forms a sort of envelope that includes everything in between in it and all the other blessings in between the first and the last one. Are ways of describing what is going to be like to receive the kingdom, to inherit the kingdom, to be in the kingdom. And as we've said before, though Jesus brought the kingdom near, right, and, and inaugurated it, is the way um, it's uh, often talked about by scholars. He, he started it, so to speak. He, he, he began it, right, inaugurated it in that sense, um, God's kingdom here on earth, but it's going to come in its fullness at the return of christ in the new heavens and the new earth right when jesus comes back and establishes that new creation that's when we will enter the fullness of the kingdom and when we enter the fullness of the kingdom not only will we be comforted right not only will we inherit the earth but we will also have our hunger for um righteousness satisfied why will we have our hunger and thirst for righteousness satisfied in the new creation well because the new creation is going to be a place that is full of righteousness and empty of wickedness second peter 3:13 says according to his promise we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells Revelation 21, 27 says, But nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Now, we want to be careful here, right, and and go back to that distinction between being declared righteous and doing righteousness that we talked about at the beginning. And, And we want to say this, that Jesus is not saying here, Uh, He's not teaching a a workspace salvation, right? He's not saying, um, blessed are those who do righteousness for they shall earn their salvation. That's not what he's saying. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, again, are those who have recognized that they're spiritually bankrupt, recognize that they need forgiveness, they need salvation, they need reconciliation, they need Christ, Right? And what we learn in the rest of the New Testament right, is that those who come to that point and trust in Jesus, they have their sins forgiven and they are declared righteous. But what Jesus is emphasizing here is those same people from that position of you know, turning from sin, mourning their sin, turning to Christ, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand like Jesus preached, those people then want to do what is right, they hunger and thirst for righteousness. And we find the, that same teaching in Paul and throughout the New Testament where um, that idea of being declared righteous and taught is taught, uh, it comes with the truth that those who are declared righteous will then pursue righteousness. and we call that sanctification, right the process of becoming more like Christ, coming more righteous, uh, growing uh, in, in holiness and godliness and Christ likeness. And so if you are a Christian, right, you are going to be hungering and thirsting for righteousness. You're not going to be satisfied with the way you used to live. You're not going to be satisfied with a life that's um, characterized by sin and going your own way and doing your own thing. You are going to want to be righteous. And as D.A. Carson pointed out, we're going to want everybody to do what is just and right and good because... Our hearts have been set right, right? When we are reconciled to God and we're forgiven and we become new creations in Christ, our hearts are reoriented toward what is right. So now we desire what is right. We desire righteousness for ourselves and for others. And so that's what we pursue as we seek to grow in Christ's likeness and we seek to follow Christ. We want to do what is right. Now we don't ever in this life fully live up to, god's standard of righteousness even as christians but we long for it and one day jesus says that longing will be satisfied because one day we'll enter the new heavens and the new earth and the presence of god will be glorified we will be totally free from sin once and for all and we will live forever in the presence of god where there's righteousness and peace and joy and we won't sin anymore because the grace of God will have so fully changed and transformed us into the likeness of Christ that we will be as much like him as it is possible to be and we will no longer stray from him no longer ignore him no longer go our own way but always walk in the ways of the Lord and we long for that day Come Lord Jesus.